Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's good to be thankful. And there are so many things we could be thankful for. And thank God for the children's ministry reminding us again um, why we need to be thankful. Because most of the times there are a lot of issues and you just forgot. And you don't even know any reason or could recall any reason why you should be thankful. And it's the best time to just take a pause. Take a break, step back, and then you will have multiple reasons to be thankful for. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So briefly this morning, um, we're going to continue in the attitude of thanksgiving. And we're going to look into the scriptures quickly, and you'll be out of here. Amen? Amen. Pastor Bank and Sharon, they're not here today because they're traveling, ministering, and so they send their uh, greetings. Amen? They send their loves and their greetings. But we are here, God is here, and the Holy Spirit is here. Amen. Amen. Will you turn to your neighbor and say, I'm grateful, and I thank you for being here. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at a scripture, and uh, we're going to look at a scripture and a topic titled, You Are My Friend. You Are My Friend. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, if only you mean it. If only you mean it. And say, you are my friend. And I'm grateful that God has placed you here beside me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, we, we try to, we, we're going to try to retain the atmosphere of fun. And as we just look at the scriptures together this morning, shall we just bow our heads and talk to God in praise? Just go ahead and thank God one more time and say, Lord, I thank you for this great opportunity to be here today. I thank you for creating me. I thank you for everything that you have done in my life and everything you are yet to do. I want to thank you for my parents. If you are a child, I want to thank you for my children. If you are a parent, I want to thank you for my husband or my wife, whichever is applicable. Just give thanks unto God this morning. And I want you to thank God for the friends that God has brought into your life. Say, Lord, thank you for the friends that you have brought into my life. Glorify your name. Father, this morning, we want to thank you with a grateful heart. We want to say thank you. Thank you for all that you have done and all that you're yet to do. Thank you for your promises. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our friend. Thank you for being our father. Thank you for being our creator, our savior, our redeemer. We exalt you, Lord God Almighty. You are everything to us. We glorify your name. And there is nothing that could compare unto you because you are better than the best. Glory be to your name. We grateful have, Lord, this morning we say be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So quickly this morning, um, I just want to take us through some scriptures and uh, we want to look at friendship in a nutshell. And uh, what I'm trying to do this morning is to sensitize us um, by the help of the Spirit of God to things that we might ordinarily overlook. Amen? So we're going to read the scriptures, and we're going to go through some, some few things, and we're going to pray. Hallelujah. How many of us here, you're familiar, you are familiar with 
um, entertainment industry. You like uh, entertainment, you like sport, you like the Hollywood stuff. Um, how many? Now, don't be religious. <laughs> don't be religious now, okay? Amen? <laughs> how many of us, um, you're familiar with what they call the opera effect? The opera effect. Do you know what the opera effect is? Some of us do. Okay, so the opera effect, Oprah Winfrey is a very renowned, um, well, let me take that back. <laughs> well, is, uh, she's, she's been uh, an icon in the television industry, and uh, there is something they call the opera effect. Basically, it means that anything that opera endorses is going to be acceptable across the globe. If opera should endorse your product, for example, if you are selling, maybe you are baking a cake, and opera should just come up and say, I ate, I ate the cake and it is delicious, that very week, if your business is $1,000 business, it's going to turn to a million business, a million dollar business. You're going to have orders that you will not be able to fulfill. And so they have coined it to be opera effect, meaning if opera should endorse anything, it's going to sell out. If, op if you write a book and opera endorses the book and say, well, I've read this book, it is great, you're going to become one of the bestsellers. It is no joke. It is statistics. Amen? How many of us were familiar with Dr. Phil? How many of you familiar with Dr. Oz? Okay, those are opera effects. Okay? Opera effect gave birth to those things. Okay? And it is phenomenal. Amen? And where am I going with this? Opera is so popular, and so are other um, Hollywood stars or people that are great. Uh, President Obama, if he enters into a restaurant and, you know, order a burger, you know, that week the entire nation will know about it and everybody will be ordering burger from that restaurant. Amen? These are effects, you know, that pushes men to do great things because somebody they respected and someone they trust uh, endorses such a thing. Amen? Uh, so many of us were familiar with uh, what is happening today. Uh, if you put on a little weight and you're trying to get off those weight, and somebody just said, well, if you drink this, you drink that. If it's coming from an icon like Dr. Oz, and he says, if you just gather grass together and boil it, <laughs> and um, everyone is going to jump at it, and you're going to do it. Amen? Amen? So I'm trying to use all these physical familiar examples to bring our attention to something very critical. There has been several moments and several times in the scriptures where Jesus has endorsed some stuff, where Jesus has pointed out some, some things that are just mind-blowing or boggling. And uh, we do not, as Christians or non-Christians, pay attention to those. And as far as I know, there has never been Jesus' effect okay, um, in our vocabulary. 
but we have something like opera, the opera effect. There are few moments in the scriptures where Jesus made some comments that should have been tagged Jesus' effect. That everyone should be running after, or everyone should be doing something about, or everyone should be seeking to know something about. That everyone should be rushing into it just like we do when we have this familiar story that I've just pointed to us. Amen? For example, there was a time a woman came to Jesus, and that woman said, um, my daughter is vexed with demons, and uh, asked Jesus to help. And Jesus said, well, it is not uh, fit to give the bread that belongs to children to dogs. And the woman said, yes, Lord, but even the dog can feed from the crumbs that fall off the table of, uh, you know, the king of the sons. And Jesus said, or the Bible said, Jesus marveled. He marveled at that statement. And that's a Jesus effect. If Jesus, the king of kings and the lord of lords, will marvel on something, I think I should be rushing there to know what it is. I think I should want to know about it. And he went ahead and commented, he said, I have never seen such a great faith, not even in Israel. What I call Jesus' faith is, that should drive me to want to know what, what in the world, what did she do? What did she say? That should be our Jesus effect. Amen? Amen. Because Jesus said, I have never seen. If Jesus has never seen something, I think he should drive me crazy to want to know what it is. Amen? And those are the kind of things that I think um, God is calling our attention to. There was another story of a man, the centurion, that had a, a servant that was sick. And the friends of this centurion, the friends, very loyal friends, sent to Jesus, asking Jesus to come heal him. And while Jesus was, was preparing to go heal the centurion's servant, the Bible says the boy passed. And the centurion sent to Jesus and said, do not worry yourself. Because, uh, sorry, let me take that back. That's another story. So, the centurion heard that Jesus was coming. That would be the third example. And the centurion sent to Jesus and said, I am not worthy for you to come into my dwelling. Just send the word, and my servant will be made whole. Again, the Bible recorded that Jesus said, that is such a great fit. So if Jesus caused something great, the Jesus effect should kick in right there. I should immediately latch onto that and want to know why will he call it great? Okay, amen? amen? And so if you look at the way we respond to people like Oprah Winfrey and the way we respond to Oprah effect or Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil or all these, you know, big name celebrities, if we look at the way we respond to their comments, or the way we respond to their endorsement, or the way we respond to whatever they do. It amazes me that we cannot bring that to bear on our Christian's life or, or, or our lives in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one that created the earth and everything that is in it, 
the ones that know the end from the beginning, the one that can raise the dead, he can raise the lame, he can open the blind eyes. When he says something, shouldn't that be a Jesus effect that should drive me towards trying to know more? Amen. So one other thing that he said that I want us to look at today, there will be several times that we'll have to go into Jesus' effect, that we'll have to study these things. They are very profound, and we should learn about them and try to see what he meant by those things and how he desired for those things to impact our life. Amen? Amen. But today, one other Jesus' effect that I found is what I want to share with us, and that's why we're going to talk about friendship. Again, what are we going to talk about? Again, amen. Amen. And we're going to start practicing right away. Turn to the next person beside you again and say, would you like to be my friend? And then whatever the answer is, if he or she says no, then you probably want to switch your, amen. So you want to switch it if that person says no. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn your Bible with me to the book of John. We're going to go to the book of John, chapter 15. John, chapter 15. Um, We're going to start to study quickly. You are my friend. So we're going to study the book of John, chapter 15. Let me see if we can start. If you have time, you can read the whole chapter. But I'd like to just uh, read verse... Let me just read verse 9 through verse 4. 15, I believe, quickly. John 15, I want to read from verse 9. As the Father had loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye are, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. These things have I spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servants know it now, what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known Unto you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You are my friends. Here, let me read this in another translation, in message translation. You all know I love the message translation. And so I'm going to read that scripture again in the message translation. I've loved you the way my father loved me, has loved me. Make yourself at home in my love. If you keep my comments, you will remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I have done. Kept my father's commands and made myself at home in his love. I've told you these things for a purpose. That my joy might be full, that my joy might be your joy. And your joy wholly mature. This is my command. Love one another. The way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Pay attention. The very best way to love. Now, this is Jesus' moment. If Jesus says, this is the very best, I think I have to pay attention to it. Put your life 
on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I am no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I have named you friends because I've let you in on everything I have heard from my father. Amen? This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. So what I'm emphasizing here is whenever Jesus, for example, when Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, I always want to pay attention. When he say best, when he use phrases or adjectives, you know, that are just so uncommon, that are just, you know, those are some epiphany moments for me. When he says best, when he says great, when he says greater, I, why? Why? What is that? What does that mean? Okay? And those are the effects that I want us to begin to pay attention to. Amen? This translation is saying to us that the very best way to love is true friendship. In my own phrase now. The very best way to love is true friendship. That's what he's saying. He's saying if I want to really practice love or I want to fulfill the love command, you see, he said, do as I say. He said, obey my command. What is that command? He said, love. If I want to do that, if I am really, really going to obey the love command, this scripture is telling me that the best platform for me is friendship. He's saying the best way, the best place for me to actually live out these commands of loving one another is through friendship. He has created the platform friendship for me to actually fulfill the love command. And he's saying it is the best way, the best place, the best opportunity to actually love is through friendship. That to me has made friendship something of, uh, I don't know, precious value. Okay? Because Jesus said so. If Oprah says that, or let me use Dr. Oz, that's the product of Oprah effect. If Oprah, I mean, if Dr. Oz says I should be drinking 32 ounces of water or 10 ounces of water every day as opposed to the regular 32 or 64, whatever it is that science has recommended, do you know majority of Americans will do that? Yes. The great majority of Americans, at least Dr. Oz's fans, will do that. Okay? If Jesus is saying to me, the very best way for me to, to fulfill the love command, the very best way or best opportunity for me to love or to practice love is friendship. Don't you think I will pay more attention to friendship? I will pay more and key attention to friendship. And that's the challenge for every one of us this morning. It is time that we begin to pay attention to Jesus' effect. This is the best way to love. That a man should lay down or put his life in the line for his friends. I'm not even concerned about putting your life on the line now. 
You cannot put your life in the line for a friend that you don't have. I think the very first thing is to actually make friends. If you don't have friends, you don't put no life in the line for no friend. So I think Jesus is trying to tell us how important friendship is. He's trying to communicate to us that he has created something for us that we have to do what he asked us to do, to love. And he calls it friendship. Do you know a great majority of Christians don't understand how important friendship is? Do you know that in our places of work, a great majority of co-workers don't associate with Christians? They don't make friends with us. Have you noticed that? And it is because we don't pay attention. And can I tell you that the children of this world, they are more shrewd than the children of the kingdom. Do you know what revolution Facebook has caused? Can you imagine the revolution Twitter has caused? Do you know it was only based on this premise? They stole this from Christians. It was based on the premise of friendship. Because Facebook discovered what God said about friendship, they decided to create a network of friendship. And now, that young boy is a billionaire. Every time we don't pay attention to Jesus' effect, we lose big time. Friendship is something that God calls best. And most Christian relegates. We don't make friends. If we make one, we don't make it the way Jesus prescribed. We don't treat our friends the way we should be, they should be treated because we don't know the value. Because we have not paid attention. Okay? But Jesus is saying to us, the very best way to fulfill the love command is through friendship. The very way, the, very, the best way to practice love is through friendship. How many friends do you have today? How many friends do you have in this church as a local body? How many friends do you have at your place of work? You see, because we do, when we don't know the value of a thing, we, we abuse it. And the unbeliever will hijack it and they will use it and they will get the result. Imagine everyone here today being united as friends in this church. Imagine that we all have camaraderie between us in this church today. Do you realize that just as the effect, as this word works for Facebook, that they started like maybe 300 users. Today they're having about how many? Billion. Billions of users are on Facebook today. Do you realize if we will listen to Jesus' effect and we use that same word, if we all became friends in this church today, this church will have the same result. We see the same effect. We see the same result. We multiply into thousands. It is the power of God that is in friendship that is making Facebook blossom. It is not because that young guy is smart, but he is smart because he latched onto the word of God. He might not read the scripture. Listen, the word of God has been spoken. It is forever settled in heaven. It doesn't matter who fulfills it. It's going to produce the same result. It's going to produce the same result. Okay? And that's what 
God is calling us to this morning. Will you turn to the next person and say, would you like to be my friend? (laughs) You see, friends, friendship must be cultivated. That's why they develop in social networks. Like, for example, Facebook, again, as a reference example, you see a friendship request. They send a friendship request. And before you know it, you have a chain command. Okay, I may not know someone who is in, you know, Hawaii. We may connect on Facebook. All of a sudden, I want to travel to Hawaii, and I just say, well, let me check my friends in Hawaii. And I, I can connect right away. Do you see how that is opening the door? Now, we are not talking about friendship according to the will of God yet. But because it is friendship, it's producing result. Amen? Amen. So Jesus, when he wanted to begin his ministry, understood friendship. The reason Jesus was successful was because of 12 apostles. 12 friends. He calls them friends. He had to gather friends. There was no way he could have accomplished the mission all by himself. But because he understood the word friendship, the moment he started, he began to send friendship requests. As he was washing, I mean, walking by, one day, he saw some boys, fishermen, a man called Andrew. And he, he made a push. He contacted him. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm Jesus. What's your name? What do you do for a living? Oh, he said, I'm a fisherman. Oh, good. Come on. Let's do fishing together sometimes. That was how Andrew became Jesus' disciple. Andrew used to be John's disciple. And I said, walking just like that, he found Andrew. Andrew found Peter. Facebook, you only know one person, and if the ripple effect will start manifesting, before you know it, I know you, you know the other person, you know the other person, and they even help you create a chain reaction. Friendship. Friendship. The same thing. Philip. Jesus found Philip one day. They became friends. All of a sudden, Philip introduced Nathaniel. He said, oh, I have a friend. His name is Jesus. Would you like to come? That's how the disciples were formed. From one person to the other. Why don't we pay attention to the Jesus' effect? Jesus couldn't have done it all by himself. But he found something. He used it and it produced effect. And the, the result that God himself has ordained from before the foundation of the earth was established. Amen? Amen? So, you need to cultivate friendship. Like the, um, the what's the name? Sheyi, what's that Sheyi? That Sheyi, whatever, says about wonderfully and fearfully. <laughs> if you are fearfully made, you want to rethink and ask God to add more wonderfully made to you. So that your eyes are not such as, you know, unattractive. Not wanting to make friends with anyone. Hallelujah. You see, last time we talked about the tree of reproductive, um, the, the, the reproductive tree. 
And we talked about the fact that it, during the vegetative, vegetative state, for every plant, there's normally a need for flowering. That's friendship. Friendship. If a plant does not make friends with the insects that were supposed to do the pollination, that plant will never produce any fruit. If we will not make friends, if we will not see friendship as a valid tool in the hands of God, one is too small a number to achieve significance. Christians will not produce the fruit that God wants from us. Until we recognize friendship and we begin to actively, I mean actively seeking friends, actively seeking to make friends with people, there may not be the result that God wanted for us. Amen? So, Jesus is our perfect example. I don't have the time. I'm just going to call through the chase. I would love to take us through the friendship between Jesus and his disciples and the friendship between Jonathan and David. Without friendship, because God said in his word, it is the best, the best way to love is through friendship. There is no way I can love if I don't have friends. Why? Not until my friend hurt me. How will I know whether I truly love them? Not until my friend stepped on my, sto- on, on my toes. How will I know what forgiveness means? If I don't have friends that will get in my face, how will I know how to be humble? It is impossible to love without friendship. That's what the Bible is saying. You cannot say you understand God's love if you don't have friends. If you don't cherish friendship, if you don't cultivate friendship, it is not possible to actually fulfill the love command. If you are a student and you want to really, really do good in your school or at your exams, you need to make friends. You need to make friends. You need to have study groups. And as we see shortly, if time permits me, when we look at the profile of friendship, it has to be colorblind. You need to look at Jesus and see how he made friends. If you look at the profile of the the 12 apostles, you will see it's a mixture. They are not all from Galilee. They were not all fishermen. It was colorblind. It was uh, class blind. It was, um, what is it called now? Racial blind. Okay? So friendship to Jesus, if we look at it, we see how we can model friendship. I'm going to show us in a minute. But you need to first understand that it is the best prescription that God has given us to fulfill the love command. Because if you don't prioritize it, if you don't know that from the beginning, you're going to mess it up. This, this, the, the way many of us have, have done up to this moment. And I pray God will help us. Amen. Friendship is valuable. God says it is the best and it's going to remain the best till Jesus comes. Nothing will change that. The best 
So you need to treat your, 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 your friends, if you have friends, as the best that God has to offer. You know, when you see that way, you see the, your disposition towards your friend will be different. Because, you know, this is the best opportunity I have to demonstrate love. That's what God says. Amen? Amen? I'm spending time on that because once you miss that, I don't see how you can do the rest. <clears throat> Amen? Amen? Amen. I'm, I'm going to just jump quickly and just give us the proper because I don't want to take a moment more than the time I've been given. So we want to look at, we want to learn from Jesus. Let me just jump into, just look at Jesus himself and, and see how, you know, how he cultivated friendship. How he utilized friendship in his ministry. How through friendship he was able to get us into his kingdom today. If it were not for friendship, it would have been very difficult. It is possible for God to have other plans, but that's the plan that God showed us. It was through friendship that the gospel was able to get to us today. And it would take friendship for the gospel to get to the world that we live in today. If you don't make friends with people in your, at your job, there is no way the gospel can get to them. If you don't make friends with people at your school, there's no way the gospel can get to them. Well, if you don't, maybe God will use someone else. <clears throat> but friendship should be at your forefront. Should begin to see friendship as the best opportunity that God has given you in order to demonstrate his love. Amen? Let's look at the, the profile. Jesus' profile, uh, uh, profile of Jesus' uh, friends. <clears throat> First, we can look at the apostles. Like I've said earlier on, the, the friends of Jesus, you know, Jesus has many friends, but let's just call them to the apostles. Let's use the apostles, for example. Look at the, 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 um, the coming together of the apostles. Jesus was going about his business and living his life and was making contacts with these guys one at a time, okay? And, you know, they became familiar. Um, they visit one another. They have sessions together where they talk, they chat, you know, and they do all those accounts that we see in the scriptures. And like I said, they are all from every race of life. There are fishermen, there, are uh, there were tax collectors, government workers, um, you know, there were Galileans, there were uh, Judeans, there were, you know, multiple tribes. Jesus, in cultivating friendship, uh, opened his heart to everyone. He was not segregative in trying to make friends. And that's the first thing he did. I've, I've seen, you know, I, I've worked in the university environment, and what I see most, mostly sometimes, you see, like the, like the children, you see black folks will only make friends with black folks. You know, the white girls or white boys only make friends with white boys or white girls. No, that's not the kind of friendship Jesus is introducing. And I've seen in some churches, like Warfare, 
where there are certain folks that you can be friend with, there are certain folks you cannot be friend with, either because of your race, either because of where you came from, either because of your class, you know, uh, or what have you. That's not the kind of friendship Jesus is introducing. The kind of friendship that Jesus is introducing, care less about class. Care less about race. Care less about color. Care less about your status. He just wants to make friends. He just wants to be your friend. Whether you went to school or not. Whether you have a college degree or not. Whether you are a good fisherman man, or a very terrible fisherman like Peter, he doesn't care. He just wants to be your friend. And that's the same attitude we have to have if we're going to go into this dimension and we're going to exploit what the Lord has given unto us. Amen? Amen. So that's the very first thing we, we see in the profile of Jesus' friends. Amen? And, you know, if, if you move further and you look at, look at Lazarus. Lazarus, Mary, Martha, they were Jesus' friends as well. Remember? You can look at their lives too. You can study their profile. So that you can compare and begin to see how am, I, how am I doing in this journey of making friends. If you want to begin that journey. Amen? So you need to look at the profile. It is color blind. It is class blind. It is racial blind. It's got to be those that God has brought into your circle of influence. You have to treat everyone the same way as the best that God has brought unto you. It doesn't matter where that person comes from. It doesn't matter the color. It doesn't matter the degree. It doesn't matter. The, it doesn't matter. As God has allowed you to have contact with that person, that is a potential best. And you don't want to miss your best. Amen? You do not want to miss your best. So everyone that God has brought into my life, they are my best. They are my best. They are the best God has offered me. And I want to make it, treat it that way. Okay? So that's the very first thing we have to um, recognize. Amen? Let me uh, take us just through how to be a friend like Jesus. How to be a friend like Jesus. Number one thing. I'm going to give us seven points because of time. Uh, I'll just, some other times we, we have time to talk about this as long as you get the, the key point. Number one, how to be a friend like Jesus. The first thing we will say is love. Love. Again, that scripture says the best way to love is true friendship. The best way to love is true friendship. There's no way you will be able to do the rest of the points I will mention if that number one thing is not established. If your friendship is not based on love, it's not going to work. Because there's something called self. It's going to ruin it. Okay? So the very first thing that you want to understand when it comes to being a friend like Jesus is love. And... There's no way to water it down. You have to be ready to the point of putting your life in the line for that individual. If not, it's not going to work. 
I mean, there's no way. We can't water it down. There's just no other way. That's what Jesus has already established. Why I am determined to make friends, and as I'm trying to go about trying to make friends, I must understand that I'm going to love every one of my friends to the point where I can put my life in the line. If I'm not going to do that, guarantee that's not Jesus' type of friend, friendship. It's not, it's not, it doesn't qualify as the kind of friendship that Jesus will like to cultivate. So if I am going to do it, I need to understand it right from the beginning. Love must be at the center of it. And I should love that fellow to the point that I can live, put my life on the line for him or for her. Amen? Amen. We get that? Number two. And there are several examples. Let me, you can read Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17, when you have time. Proverbs 17, 17. It said, a friend loveth at all times. Have you seen that ever in your Bible? A friend, if it is Jesus' kind of friendship, loveth at all times. When you step on my toes, when you do this or do that, you see, the reason why we cannot cultivate friendship is because we're not doing it Jesus' way. It doesn't matter what my friend does. A friend loveth at all times. If you are not going to agree with the terms and conditions of Jesus, you will not be a friend like Jesus. It is not my word. There is no other way. That is the terms and conditions. If I am going to be a friend like Jesus, I must be ready to love at all times. At all times. It doesn't mean when you hurt me, it doesn't hurt. It does. But because I love at all times, I have enough grace to cover it. Amen. That's why I said love covereth a multitude of sin. If I don't understand that, every time you offend me, we are... We're no longer friends. Amen? That must be number one key. Number two, openness. Openness. It is going to be absolutely impossicant. It is impossible. It cannot be. That's why I got impossicant. It is impossicant to be a friend like Jesus if you cannot be open, if you cannot be vulnerable. Jesus said in that scripture, let's go back to John chapter 15. I don't know if you paid attention to that word in verse number 15. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. Why? Because all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. I cannot be a friend like Jesus if I'm going to be hiding stuff from you. It's not going to work. Openness is going to be the center of our friendship. If I hurt you, you need to tell me. You cannot keep it. You cannot hide it. 
You cannot hide stuff and expect that you are operating like Jesus as a friend. No. It is counterfeit. It will not produce the result. Amen? Do you know there's something called privacy in Facebook? Privacy. So you can allow your friend to see some stuff, but other people cannot see it. Right? It's the same thing. I don't know. These guys, they don't read the Bible. They don't do anything. And they capture this stuff and they make money out of it. Openness. He said, everything I've seen, my father do, I have made known to you. I'm not hiding anything from you because you are my friend. If you want to be a friend like Jesus, openness. Your number two point. Amen? There has to be openness. You have to be able to confide in me. I have to be able to confide in you. There should not be a reason why I cannot confide in you or you cannot confide in me. Amen? Number three. We have to treat each other as equals. The principle of egalitarianism. I cannot be your friend if you are going to be bossing me. You cannot be my friend if I'm going to be bossing you. No. It is equality. Jesus brought equality to the table. We are peers. We are mates. If we're going to be friends like Jesus, we need to be as equals. He leveled with them. To the point, even when they wanted to arrest Jesus, they could not distinguish between him and the disciples. They were so equal to the point that they needed Judas to identify him as the real Jesus. If you want to be my friend and all you want to do is just to, you know, ride on me and just, you know, use everything you've got, you know, to just, I will be like the servant and you are the boss, you are the master because you have all this stuff. You are more knowledgeable, you are more beautiful, or you are more handsome, or you this, or you that. No, you are not all that. To make friends like Jesus, we have to be equal. Even though he was God, the Bible says he humbled himself and he made himself a mere man because he wanted to be friends with men. Hallelujah. So you have to drop your status, your pastoral dexterity, your gym, 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 whatever it is that you think you carry. If you want to be my friend, we have to be at the same level. If I want to be a friend like Jesus, we have to be at the same level. What do you have that you are not given? If you are giving, then why do you brag? That's what the Bible says. What do you have that you are not given? Hallelujah. Number four, forgiveness. Forgiveness. You cannot be a friend like Jesus if you don't understand forgiveness. You can look at Proverbs chapter 17 for that, verse 9. He that covered a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeated a matter separate the very friends. Every time we have a quarrel, you have to go back to what I did 20 years ago. Every time we have a problem, you have to go to the same mistake I made before that I've already 
apologize. If you don't understand forgiveness, you ain't a friend like Jesus. So in trying to cultivate friendship, we need to understand forgiveness. My friend hurt me. He or she apologized, and then that's it. It's over. It's my friend. She's my friend. That's why love covered a multitude of offense. Amen? Number five, protect each other. I need to get your back. You need to get my back. That's the way Jesus established it. Friends protect one another. They don't backbite against one another. They don't talk on Facebook against one another. They don't do all kind of creepy stuff behind the the, the friends. No. 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 Friends don't do that. Not friends like Jesus. If you are a friend like Jesus or you want to be a friend like Jesus, you cannot but protect your friends. We have to protect one another. Amen? Mark, um, you, can, you can read Mark chapter 3, 20 to 21 if you have time. My time is fast spent. Number six, pray for each other. You cannot be my friend if you, if you are not praying for me. I cannot be your friend if you are not praying for me. I'm not praying for you. Job chapter 42 verse 10. You can look at that. The last one I will give is number seven. Encourage one another. Encourage one another. If you are my friend, you will not pull me down all the time. If you are my friend, you will not seeking, you will not be seeking my downfall. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 9. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So that so does the sweetness of a man's friend by heart counsel. And 1 Samuel chapter 23 verse 16 says, And Jonathan saw son arose and went to David into the wood and strengthened, strengthened his hand in the Lord. He encouraged him. He strengthened him as opposed to pulling him down. You cannot be my friend if you cannot encourage me. To be like a friend like Jesus, you need to learn to encourage your friend. You need to learn to build them up. You need to learn to strengthen them as opposed to tearing them down. Tearing them down. You are not a friend like Jesus if that's what you do. Amen? Amen? My time is gone. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. And in conclusion, I'm just going to say this. In conclusion, I'm going to say Matthew chapter 11 verse 19 is very critical. Matthew 11, 19. It said, the son of man came eating and drinking. And they said, behold, a man gluttonous and a wine barber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. The only way the Lord command could be fulfilled is true friendship. Not friend with Christians only, but non-Christians. 
Jesus came and they accused him of being friends with sinners. Can heaven accuse you today as being friends of sinners? Can you make friends with sinners? Can you sit with them? Can you talk with them? Or do you cast them into hell already? You've already abandoned them and you said these ones, they're going to hell. He was accused of dining and whining with sinners because he has a purpose. He wants to be friends to everyone. He wants to bring them into the kingdom. He will not neglect them or forsake them into the hand of Satan. How many of us could be accused same way as Jesus was accused? Those men and women at your job that you say, well, these ones are going to hell, there's no point wasting time with them. <laughs> Shall we rise? And can you talk to God this morning? And say, Lord, make me like a friend like Jesus. I want to be a friend like Jesus. I want to be a friend like Jesus. I want to make friendship a priority. I want to begin to do what you did. Seeking after friends. Seeking to add more friends to my caucus. You can never have enough friends. If you are like Jesus. And it's going to be a shame reaction. Will you bow your head this morning or this afternoon and talk to God? I don't know how you have been treating your friends. Or if you don't have friends at all. But I've given you just in a snapshot the profile. How to be a friend like Jesus. Will you talk to God just based on those words? And ask God to help you. Amen.